Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 70, and today we're going to recap our last series and launch us into our new series in the book of Matthew. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so we just wrapped up our series called our gifts, his glory. I had to think of what they were called. (laughs) Um, Aaron, what was one of your biggest takeaways from the series that we just wrapped up? I mentioned this a little bit on the episode with Emily and Laura, and I just was so encouraged by how many of the women, when we asked them, what do you do if you're struggling with still trying to get some of the glory for yourself, or you notice yourself kind of falling back into that tendency? And Um, pretty much everyone kind of had a little bit of a different answer, but was really encouraging the fact of like, keep walking. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, our desire for God's glory is part of our sanctification. And so sometimes we're going to fall back into, oh my gosh, I really actually did that for my glory. And, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And we repent of that and we turn and we, you know, reface Jesus and say, no, this is for your glory, but don't stop walking just because sometimes you might trip. Right. Right. That's a really silly analogy, but you know what I'm saying? Like you keep moving forward all the time you so. do actually you I, do. So I better keep walking Didn't or I'm in just trouble walk into a tree like oh, I did that was just a few days ago I took my hat off I was texting and walking that's dangerous <laughs> I shouldn't do it but yeah I was just really encouraged by that because that is something I struggle with I'm like oh well you know I I'm wanting to serve and I serve in a ministry at our church that um I just am like, am I doing this so that people notice that I'm doing this or am I doing this really to just glorify the Lord? And, and so the fact that I'm struggling with that, like, obviously it helps me to refocus myself on glorifying the Lord, but also like using that as a way to say, I'm not going to not do it at all just because I might at some point be Mm -hmm. using it for my own glory. Mm -hmm. So to just recognize it, repent of it and keep walking forward and, and God will, you know, use that to then ultimately help you to use it for his glory. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's funny because that honestly was my biggest takeaway too, because I think that sometimes, and I was thinking about that as I was jogging this morning, um, sometimes I get paralyzed Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, I'm afraid. I'm afraid kind of like, I think it was Laura that was talking about it in, um, on our podcast with risen motherhood. She was saying, you know, she finds herself even when she's writing about giving God the glory, Mm -hmm. wondering how people are going to view how she's writing that. Like it's this cycle and you just, you don't want to seem self-centered. You don't want to seem self-focused. And so by doing that, you become more Mm self-focused. So sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm just not going to write anything or I'm not going to say anything or I'm not going to do anything. And that's a good example. That would be like saying, okay, I'm afraid I'm going to trip. So I'm not going to go run or walk or whatever. And that actually happened to me last fall. I think I've talked about it a little on this before. I, I twisted my ankle. I stepped on an acorn and twisted my ankle really bad <laughs> last fall and it took me a long time not just because of the pain but because of the fear yeah. to get back out there and start running again and um, it took a toll on my body because I wasn't active for a while and yeah. so you know you just kind of have to take that first step and trust that um, God's going to use it to sanctify you and I think that I know Peyton um, is one that mentioned you know having the accountability in your life friends that are good enough friends to say, Hey, like, why are you really doing this? Mm -hmm. And kind of help them, you know, 
recenter you and refocus you on what you're doing. So that was a huge takeaway for me yeah. too. So it's funny it was, that yeah. both of them stood out to us. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of really good stuff. I think another thing that I really enjoyed from that was just hearing from so many different women in different parts of the country, in different mm-hmm. seasons of life, you know, kids, married, no kids, not married, like just all over the board, all on the same mission. And yes. that was so encouraging to me because we talked about it, um, especially on Margaret's episode of this like scarcity mentality and mm-hmm. how we're afraid well if she's doing really well then I'm not going to do really well for the kingdom and even if it's like a for the kingdom thing even right. if it's not a for myself yeah. thing, we can still get into this trap of comparison and it was really encouraging for me to hear and I think um I think it was Courtney that said it and she mentioned like just stay in your lane like stay mm-hmm. in your lane and stay in your lane and I found that really encouraging because when I like take my eyes off the road yeah. literally or figuratively like it's not gonna go well right? right I'm gonna look at how fast the person's going next to me and I'm gonna be like well I want to go that fast or mm-hmm. you know and I think it's really just important for us to remember like stay in your lane and keep your eyes on Jesus and like just keep moving mm-hmm. forward. Don't worry about, you know, depending on your own circumstances and how you're using your gifts. But, you know, if you're trying to make music or writing or if it's raising kids or whatever it is, like if you take your eyes off of Jesus and put them on yourself or put them on the people around you, that's not going to be good for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I was really just encouraged in all these different aspects from worship to giving to writing to motherhood to all of these things it's the same guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same encouragement to just keep your eyes on Jesus and, and that will help guide you. And then you don't have to worry about anybody else or you don't even, it helps you not to have to worry about yourself in, in trying to think if you're trying to live for your own glory, if you just keep your eyes on Jesus, you're naturally going to live out of that, which will then bring him right glory right I loved Emily's example about that about how she thought she was going to be like this homesteading housewife and like that's obviously just like not her thing and she's realized that and I I thought that was so good because it's easy to like look at Peyton and say well I don't have near the talent she has Mm -hmm. but that's not true it's a different talent God's gifted me in different ways you know or Courtney who is a published author and Mm -hmm. say well I don't have a published book yet but God has gifted me in different ways or maybe I will have a published book someday but it's not God's timeline for me is different than his timeline for her she's just now entering seminary and Mm -hmm. she had to wait 10 years for that you know God's timeline and plan for all of this is so different but it doesn't mean that um, one plan is better than the other right and we've talked about it before but I mean how boring would it be if all of our paths were the exact same like that would be a boring life and like looking at the Enneagram what if we were all the same number you know horrible that would be horrible and so that made Aaron laugh Aaron's like man that'd be fun if we were all seven if everybody was seven it would actually be really fun but that is totally a seven thing to think so so I didn't say anything but anyway it was such a good series and I'm so glad we did it yeah, it was it was something a little different for uh-huh. us. And yeah, so we were excited to, you know, step out into more of interviews mm-hmm. and just really hear what the Lord is teaching just women all over yeah. the country. And so yeah. we were really encouraged by it. And I hope y'all were really encouraged by it. And um, we're going to shift into um, kind of I would say what's more of our comfort. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, as we've said, since we've started this podcast, like our heart is to help women to grow in their biblical literacy and understanding of who God is through his word. And so we believe one of the best ways to do that is through walking through scripture 
And before we get into what book we're going to do and all of that, we thought it might be good to just set a little reminder of things that are helpful for us when studying God's word. That way, if this is your first time walking through a book of the Bible with us, you can take, don't feel like you have to take all of these ideas, but maybe take one or two of these ideas and then think, okay, as we walk through um, this next, I'm trying not to spoiler. I think I already said it in the intro, actually. Yeah, you might oh, have. Darn. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to make it all exciting and a surprise. But as we walk through the book of um, the, the chapters we're going to cover in Matthew, you might say, hey, this time as we walk through the book, I really want to focus on prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take their tips or their tools or look up ideas on how to really focus on prayer as we're walking through this. Or maybe it's scripture memorization or inductive study or these type of things. So we're going to kind of sh- share just real quick a few of our, our favorite study tools in tips, um, which we've done in the past, but if you're jumping in new and we'll try to make it a little exciting and add some new stuff in there, it's just so that as we start this next, um, series, that's going to take us through the fall, you'll feel like, okay, I'm going to start this series and not get in over my head and right. not feel like I knew more, but to really just have some solid grounding in what you want to get out of this series. So Casey, what's, what's going to be kind of your focus as we're, we, as we jump into Matthew? So I like to start off whenever I'm um, studying something for the first time or the first time in a while with that observation step. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite ways, and we've talked about this before, but to observe the text is to, um, of course, read it, but also listen to Mm -hmm. it. And Jonathan actually... um, made the comment the other day because we were listening to it in the car and he was like, man, I get so many, like just such a different perspective Mm -hmm. when I listen to scripture versus when I read it. And we've talked about it before, but part of the reason for that is because a lot of the Bible was um, written to be like orally taught. Mm -hmm. And it also, um, they didn't have the text like we do. They didn't have it written down. So they had to memorize it. They would listen to it and Mm -hmm. then memorize it. So it was meant to be listened to. Mm -hmm. So when I do that observation step, I, um, my favorite thing to do is listen to it. And I might listen to it multiple times because you catch something different every time. Um, so that's something I've been doing as we have started studying Matthew. Yeah, that's really good. I think, um, as Casey's alluding to it, she, what we're, what we're kind of top breaking down is this inductive, a lot of people call it an Mm -hmm. inductive type study. So what that means is observations, which Casey is talking about. So that's like very practical. Like you can even call it like rephrasing or paraphrasing Mm -hmm. what this passage says. And you don't have to necessarily write out the whole thing, but you might, you know, say Jesus said this, or Jesus was in this place. Like just very much like these are the facts of Mm -hmm. what happened in this passage. So that's the observation step. Then the next step is interpretation. And these first two steps are usually the ones we skip. And our biggest encouragement is don't Don't skip skip them because it might feel funny to just be like rephrasing or literally writing what it said or writing out random facts. But what that helps us do is shift our focus. If we jump straight to application, then we're focusing solely on ourself in the scripture. And if we slow down and do observations and interpretations, it helps us to remind ourselves that we are first here to look for God and who God is. And then after that, we can see how it applies Mm -hmm. to our lives. So for the interpretation step, what I like to do after I've made my observations um, is I like to think, I just ask myself like, what does this mean? So the mm-hmm. observations, you could ask yourself, what does it say? And then interpretations, you would be asking yourself, what does it mean? And that could include context. So like, what did it mean to the people that Matthew was directly writing to? Or it could mean, what did it mean in this time? Like, 
it could mean why, you know, it could be asking yourself, why is this passage in the Bible? Like what, why is it in this book? Why is it in Mm -hmm. the gospels? Why is it in the new Testament? And so just kind of trying to break down your observations of the text. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have a a little document that we can upload and y'all can click to it if you'd like and print it out. It's very straightforward. You can do this in a journal. Um, you could do this you don't have to write it down. You can just do it as mm-hmm. you're reading through it in your mind. But it helps us to, like we said, focus our eyes on Christ and in the passage by looking at the observations and the interpretations. And then we can jump to the applications. Do you have any tips for applications? So application is the part that we usually just jump to. Right. Because it's the, how does this apply to me? What does that, what does this mean in our, in our daily lives mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Um And I think sometimes we can like kind of turn this into a little bit of a self-help thing. And so I try not to do that too much, you know, um, because this is where you can, if you don't, if you do skip observation and interpretation, this is where you can take it out of context. Um, so that's why the first two steps are so important. Um, but yeah, this is just, what does this mean in my life right now today? Because we know that the Bible is for us and it's Mm -hmm. for today, right? It wasn't just for the people 2000 years ago. It's for us today too. And one of the ways when Aaron said, you know, you don't have to write it down as she was saying that I was thinking about, okay, um, if you're not going to write it down, if you're just thinking through this in your head, like what's another good way of like walking through these steps. And I was thinking about like, if you're a mom, it's really cool to walk through these steps with your kids. Mm -hmm. Like the observation step, sometimes just kind of paraphrasing the text that you read to your kids, Mm -hmm. because when you read straight out of the Bible to them, they don't always understand it. It's good for them to hear it, but they don't always understand it. So you can go back and paraphrase it for them in your own words. And that's that observation step. And then you can, you can ask them, okay, what words did you hear repeated? What do you think that this means? Mm -hmm. And they can help you with the interpretation step and then you can say okay what does this mean for us today mm-hmm. and just walking through it with your kids or your spouse or your friends you know today I was doing this with Jonathan in the car without even really thinking about it yeah as I was studying Matthew 2 this morning I was like hey let's talk about the story of the wise men. And so Mm -hmm. we paraphrased it and we walked through these three steps. And so the more you do it, I think the more natural it becomes because used to it would have been, okay, I'm going to read this story. What does this mean today? Mm -hmm. But now it's okay. What did Matthew mean? Because he was writing this to a specific audience at a specific time. And it's just become a lot more natural. And, um, you learn so much more. There's so much more depth and so much more richness that comes from it when you study in that way. I think we've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I think once I started studying this way, it was probably the made the biggest difference in Absolutely. my understanding of scripture, mm-hmm. yeah. which it's not complicated. It's not, not at you know, all. you have to do these specific things. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it becomes natural once you get in the habit of it, but it really will make a huge difference. And there's not always a right or wrong answer, you know? Um, And that's, I heard Jen Wilkins say this week in something I was listening to, she said, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. then I've done my job. Uh. And what she was saying was that absolutely she believes she's right in what she's saying. (laughs) But if someone is questioning that, that means they're taking these steps. They're Mm -hmm. doing this for themselves and they're using their own brain Mm -hmm. and their own heart. And they're trying to figure out what God's trying to say through his word. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of our goal too. Our goal is to inspire you to really dig into scripture on your own and to develop 
develop your own thoughts Mm -hmm. about um, what God's saying to you. Yeah. So that's really good. I think um, besides inductive type study, I, um, I think I say this every time we go through a book is I really want to work on memorization. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do again, the same thing we did um, in the last book where we'll give you a memory verse for um, the upcoming week. So Next week, we're going to cover chapter one and two. So the idea would be that you would do your reading and your studying before you come back and listen. That way, um, it'll kind of help instead of you hearing us teach and then looking for what we said in the scripture. Instead, you'll have already read the scripture and then you'll hear what we say about it. So, I mean, obviously, don't just not listen if you haven't read it. It's not a requirement. We're just trying to give enhancement tools or enrichment tools that if you want to get more out of it versus just listening to us you have that option Mm -hmm. if not come back every week and listen to what we have to say yeah yeah anything else you want to add on that i don't think so you had mentioned prayer was there any specific Um, prayer focus you were going to do for this book my there's so spoiler the lord's prayer is something that we're going to cover so if you are the kind of person that doesn't mind like sneaking ahead and then you know Mm -hmm. a little bit of a spoiler you can go ahead and jump ahead to the lord's prayer and i um i'm personally making that my rubric and we'll talk about that when we get there but if you want to um just pray the lord's prayer every time you open your bible and you can do that word for word or you can change it you know like as an observation and rephrase it into your own verbiage um i think that would be a really cool and powerful thing to do as we walk through matthew to get in the habit of praying the way jesus encouraged his disciples to pray yep that's great i love it awesome all right so we're gonna do our intro as we always do before we get into a book, because we believe context is king. Um, I don't know why I said king. I feel like key would have key, been a better word. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, well, because one of our themes for Matthew is kingdom. <laughs> okay. So you have that right. in your head. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> no sure. pregnancy brain or anything. <laughs> um, so let's start with why, why are we doing this book? So God has just been so good to us with this podcast. It seems like every single time we've kind of been at a dead end when we're like, oh, what are we doing next? Mm -hmm. We come together and we both, God has told both of us the exact same thing Mm -hmm. to do. So it's just crazy. And that's what happened with this. So we had had um, in our minds for a while that we were going to do the Apostles Creed. We were going to walk through it. We believe it's important, but it's something that neither one of us have studied like in depth. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to study in depth and we were going to take all of you along with us. Um, And then we found out that one of our favorite podcasts, Knowing Faith, which we talk about a lot, they're going through the Apostles Creed. And we're like, well, they're going to do a phenomenal job. Like there's no reason for both of us to do that. So we're like, okay, let's, um, you know, pray about it and, and ask God, what should we do? So we were doing some teaching this summer on the Lord's prayer. And so we were both spending a little bit of time in Matthew because of that. And I think we both just at the same time, God was like, this is where you need Mm -hmm. to sit this Mm -hmm. fall. And it makes sense because we've gone through two epistles. We went through Genesis last year. And so we haven't covered a gospel yet. And as I've been studying Matthew, um, and I mentioned it in some teaching we did this summer, but my my Bible is not a red letter Bible, um, but one of the Bibles I was using to study, it it was, or actually I think it was my app. Mm-hmm. And if you see the amount of red letter text, yes. which is actual when Jesus spoke his words, there's a ton in Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I think that like 
in the past I haven't put in like put in put and put in I haven't put enough emphasis on those red letter words. I mean, if Jesus said it, then it's absolutely true, and we should definitely focus on those things. So this is a story of like Jesus's ministry, Mm -hmm. and I think that um, the gospels a lot of times are these stories that we are taught as children in Sunday school, and so when we get into our late teens and twenties and so on, we're just like, oh, I've heard that story. I know that that. story. Like, I don't need to hear that again. But there's so much like theological depth um, to the Gospels that you might not comprehend when you're little, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's always worth coming back to. So, um, yeah, that's a big part of why we decided to study Matthew. Yeah, I think Matthew in particular, too, because so Matthew is not the only gospel in the Bible. So we we had a choice here of which which gospel we we thought would be good in. I particularly really like Matthew one because it's the first book of the New Testament. So it feels like a good place to be to start. Yes. Yeah. And particularly it has a really strong tie between Matthew and the old Testament. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that as we talk um, about what we're going to get into. But I just really liked the idea, you know, we did Genesis Mm -hmm. first book of the old Testament and now we're going to do Matthew first book of the new Testament. And there's, there is particularly, um, that's one of the reasons it's placed at the very beginning of the new Testament is because of the connections, um, that are made and the prophecy that's spoken about and the references back to the old Testament and, many ways which we'll get into but I I really liked that as far as hey we want to do a gospel and we want to talk about Jesus and we want to hear what Jesus said and so I think Matthew um, felt like a really natural great place to be Um, and it and I have this one of my Bibles is the Spurgeon Bible and so it has like sermons and quotes and stuff from Spurgeon and when he was talking about the book of Matthew he says that Matthew gave us God's entire plan from Genesis to Revelation. And so what he what he means when he says that is that he does by giving us references to the Old Testament um, in all the way back in Genesis. And then he also looks forward. Um, this is a fun fact. It is the only gospel that uses the word church. That is so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't see that in my studying. Isn't that, that interesting? Is so cool. So he not only goes back and talks about you know, all of the prophecy and all of that, but he also looks forward. Mm, and so that's why I think Matthew is, is a really awesome place for us to be because we'll get to look back and we'll get talk about most of it. We'll be talking about Jesus and his time on earth, but then also looking forward. Yep. So um, traditionally, it is believed that Matthew is the author, like mm-hmm. anything. There's controversy about everything, but traditionally <laughs> it is believed that Matthew is the author. Um, his name appears as Levi in some places. He was a tax collector in Galilee, and so probably not Mm. super popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he became one of the 12 disciples. I love that. I mean, it seems like, like, these are the kind of things that seem like it doesn't really matter like you might think like okay why, why does it matter that he was a tax collector yeah but like we'll see as we study through this that because of who he was God w- was able to use a certain lens and a certain filter that if someone else would have written it wouldn't have had the same depth and mm-hmm. audience and all of those things yeah. so all of these things do matter they matter they yeah. do um another thing that's kind of um 
up in the air is the date that it was written. Mm-hmm. So um, between 50 and 100 AD is when most people think it was written. And um, trustworthy Jen Wilkins says probably <laughs> between 66 and 68 AD, which was before the destruction mm-hmm. of the temple in 70 AD, um, because there's some prophecy in Matthew we say it's prophecy. Um, some people don't think it was prophecy. Some people think that, um, oh, it had to be after the destruction of the temple because mm-hmm. he refers to that happening. Um, I personally believe it was prophecy and that, you know, Jesus knew it was going to happen. And um, so that's why we're saying probably before the destruction yeah. of the temple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. so one of the things about Matthew is that, he, all of the four gospels have a little bit of a different audience. All mm-hmm. of them, you know, are yep. written for us to benefit from and us to read, but their specific audience and which kind of makes their, the things they focus on in each gospel a little different mm-hmm. is, um, so for Matthew is that he was writing primarily to the Jews. Um, and I love the way, oh, I forget who I was listening to, but he explained it as Matthew was announcing and affirming that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So he was, I don't want to say trying to convince the Jews, but I guess trying to convince them that this is who you've been waiting for. And here's the reasons. And this is why there's so much prophecy in the book of Matthew because of who he's writing to. So a lot of times I have gotten caught up on the like, well, Matthew doesn't have a really long story of Jesus's birth, but Luke does. And why is that? And why is, why are some gospels, longer stories about things and some gospels shorter stories about things and and this is why because context because we have to remember who their target audience was who their you know immediate surrounding was Mm -hmm. and the time they were writing and why they were writing and so I think keeping in mind the fact that he was writing specifically to the Jews to remind them to announce and to affirm who Jesus was helps us to understand why he focuses on certain things as we go throughout the book of Matthew Mm -hmm. yep he reminds them that Jesus is the king of David's line as prophesied he reminds them that Jesus is the better Moses Mm -hmm. and um, like Aaron said he wants to show the fulfillment of all the all of these Old Testament prophecies and let me just tell you like Knowing all of this, knowing this context is so key because you are going to hear over and over as we walk through this book, you're going to hear as the prophecy says, Mm -hmm. as the prophecy says. And I think when you read that and you don't know the context, you're just like, okay, like what, what's the big deal? Why, why would they keep reiterating this? But for the Jews, it was so huge and they would know those prophecies Mm -hmm. by heart. Mm -hmm. And so it's just reminding them that Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing we really like to focus on when setting up books of the Bible is the genre, because that makes a huge difference in how we, um, how we can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Like certain books of the Bible, you know, are more poetic and so maybe or maybe there are more principles and not promises like the book of proverbs so we can't just take a proverb and say this is 100 percent true 100 percent all the time time. yeah so genre makes a huge difference so what is the genre of matthew so it is a historical narrative much like genesis Mm -hmm. was um but it also includes within that parables jesus Mm. was the greatest storyteller ever um and then five discourses which are sermons or teachings and um one of the things I heard said about historical historical narratives at this time like it's easy for us to go into this saying okay it's a historical narrative it's like a history book like you know like the textbooks at um you have like in high school or in college they're supposed to be 
like they're not um they're not supposed to have like a message with it necessarily like they're just telling you facts right whereas at this time historical narratives were not that way they they had an agenda and that's okay and I heard or I read in my bible in my um I had the reformation study bible I liked what it said about this it says Matthew makes no division between history and theology history is the basis of theology and theology interprets the meaning of historical events he speaks truth about real events in history, and he does so with a spiritual, pastoral, and conventional agenda. And so I liked that, yeah. just tying that theology and history together. Yeah, that's good. I, um, I've i been going through Matthew with my girls as well, mm-hmm. um, and they... Every time we get to a parable, I always say, what is a parable? Parables. What is a parable? Because it's such a funny word. And uh-huh. so now they'll, they'll tell me it's a story that Jesus used to tell a message or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, it's really good for me to hear that and remember that. Because when we get, I don't remember if we'll get to parables in this first section of going through Matthew. But if we do, it's important for us to remember that a parable is a story that he's using to tell a message. It's not always 100% literal yeah right right, okay. right and Aaron just alluded to this and I, f- I think we forgot to say at the beginning so one of the things we wanted to do by going through Matthew is we wanted to we wanted to go over the Sermon on the Mount, but we think that context is so important that we wanted to start at the beginning mm-hmm. of it. So we're definitely going to cover the Sermon on the Mount, and we're not sure how far afterward we're going <laughs> to go. We're just going to see because we um, want to be able to stop before Advent. Yes. So we're going to call this Matthew Part 1. So we're not going to go through all of the chapters yet. So that's what she was talking about. Yes. Um, we'll see how many parables we we get in there, but I yeah, love parables. I, I just love them. So. Another interesting thing, how you mentioned that there's five discourses in Matthew, and I was reading this and I thought this was kind of interesting, was that some people think that the reason there's five discourses is because Matthew was, again, alluding to the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. and just like um, the five books of Moses, um, that he was using the same kind of idea, five to five, to remind them, like they would have recognized that, that the five books of the Pentateuch, and then the five discourses of Matthew, and he's using that as a way to confirm the identity of you know, the the new Moses also like sometimes, you know, we refer, we call him Messiah or Jesus, but they would have recognized him as a new New and better Moses. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. So we have some central themes. We always like to, to um, talk about the themes and this has helped me so much once again, as we study through specific books, because then you can look for these things. It's kind of like a game. Yeah. And um, the way Jen Welkin teaches to do like the, what does she call it when she does all the colored pencils? Does she call it inductive study? I think it's, yeah. I think okay. It's a form so of she, you know, will have you like underline this theme in red and this theme in blue mm-hmm. and as, as you see it. Um, so the themes of Matthew, we've already talked about a few of them, but it's fulfillment. Jesus is kingship, that the last shall be first. We see this idea that um, Jesus kind of flips everything on its head mm-hmm. and that um, we see some conflict in Matthew and then Jesus's authority. Just a couple last points, and then we will wrap up for today, is there's some fun little quotes. I think we could call them quotes, but one of them was that, and we'll link this sermon in the show notes, but when talking about Matthew, how he was saying that this he was to announce and affirm, affirm that Jesus is a long-weighted Messiah, and I was just thinking, like, personally, what... Like, I want to give everybody like a reflective point or like an action point or like a challenge point that will take us into next week. And and it just came up 
in my mind, or the Lord gave it to me, I guess, but to ask yourself, like, what does your life announce and affirm? Mm -hmm. Like, if you were writing this, like Matthew was writing this to announce and affirm who Jesus was, what what would your life be announcing and affirming? And that's that good. that's could be really convicting and maybe not. Maybe you're like, I feel like my life is announcing and affirming Jesus. But if you think um, back to when Kate, we had Katie on here at, on our summer recap, and she had mentioned that she had given up TV at night before she went to bed. And, and the reason she did that was because she was feeling like, I want to spend time with Jesus and I want my life to be about that, but I can't just hope that it's going to happen. Like I have to sacrifice something or like, I can't just expect these things to happen without actually doing anything about it. And so not that any of our, don't mishear me, like we don't have to earn salvation. We don't have to right. earn anything oh, like that. No, That's not yeah. what I'm saying yeah. at all. But I think it's a good place for us to kind of check and say, like, what is my life right now? And now, like, if I were to ask someone, like, hey, what do you think my life is announcing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What, and, and that might be a good question to ask somebody and just to really pray about that and ask, like, the Lord, like, hey, what's one way I can make my life announce you more? Mm-hmm. And it's That's good coming good. off that series. Yes. And I heard a very it's so funny that you bring up the TV thing because in the sermon I was listening to this morning on Matthew 2 he said the exact same thing he said and not that we believe that TV is horrible or anything like that I mean we both watch TV but he used TV as as an example he was talking about how as Christians there are sometimes that we have to put a limit on things mm-hmm. and he said things that numb us to who God is things that um, kind of take us away from reality and don't as Matt Chandler would say stir our affections uh-huh. for Jesus, then sometimes we have to reevaluate those things. So if we're spending all of our time sitting in front of the TV or scrolling on Facebook or whatever it is, and ultimately it's not stirring our affections for Jesus, then we, we need to look at that Mm -hmm. and we need to say, okay, am I taking these steps to live the life that, that I truly want to live and that I know God has for me. Um, another kind of, I guess, quote is, um, something Jen Wilkins said, she said, the false teacher relies on you having ignorance of the text. Mm. So just as we go into a new, um, inductive study of the book of Matthew, I just want to keep that in mind. Like that's a big part of why it's important to know the text and to know what you believe. And once again, like it's okay. Challenge us, like Mm -hmm. challenge us on social media. Even like we love to have these theological conversations because it's important for you to know what you believe Mm -hmm. because someone that's standing up in front of you and is a false teacher and is, um, completely just, claiming all of this heresy like they count on you not knowing what the bible really says and what the bible really means so it's just super important that we're grounded in the truth of god's word it's good all right so our memory verse for next week is going to be chapter one all of the genealogy just kidding (laughs) (laughs) just kidding (laughs) chapter one Verse 21, it says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.